Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is the 1970. On today's show, we will talk about PSG's first loss to Olympic Marseille in nine years. We will also talk about if Thomas Tuchel is still the right man for the Paris Saint-Germain job. I have an idea of what I think. We'll see what Ed thinks, because he's joining me as well. And also, we will talk about the controversy uh, surrounding Neymar and Alvaro Gonzalez, which... It's quite uncomfortable for all of us, but we're going to address it in the best way that we are capable of. And as I said already in this very choppy introduction, joining me today is Ed. Ed, how are we doing there, sir? We're doing well, and uh, yeah, just kind of recovering from that crazy uh, classic. I don't know if we've seen one quite like that in uh, recent years, so it's uh, it's going to be fun to talk about. We're going to do... A little bit of a short show, maybe around 30 minutes, and we're just going to go you know, all in on this Marseille match. So I'll hand it off to you, and uh, let's just dig in wherever you want to start with this one. There's a lot to unpack. Oh, there is so much to talk about here. Um, um, yeah, there is so much to talk about here. Let us start with just the, the game. The game was very sloppy, let's say. Um, very sloppy game, very... A lot of red cards, five red cards at the end of the match. Uh, PSG finished with eight men. Um, Very, very frustrating performance overall. I'll just throw it to you, Ed. What did you think about that? Uh, What did you think about that game? Your initial thoughts. Initial thoughts, I mean, in a match like this, it was kind of nice a little bit just to have that kind of, it felt like a rivalry. It was very physical, just a very nasty type game. Um, And given how many players that were out for PSG, it kind of leveled the playing field somewhat. So you really got a taste of what, you know, this battle was like back in the day when these teams were more equal. Even Marseille was a little bit better. Um, So it, it was nice in that sense. But on the other end, you know, it was football for a little while, but then it kind of evolved into more rugby slash wrestling and UFC. And <laughs> towards the end there at stoppage time, as you mentioned, there was five uh, red cards and I believe it was at 14 uh, yellow cards. I mean, this was a match that was completely out of control from about, you know, 10 minutes in and then and forward. I mean, it was it was bad. But, you know, when you talk about just the, the football um you know, Florenzi, the new uh, right back that came in, I thought he was a, a really a standout. Everyone was raving about his crosses. It's finally nice to have a right back who can put in a good cross. Um, there weren't a whole lot of really good performance outside of him. I mean, it was, as you said, it was an ugly match. And, and everything, all the talking points are really what happened off the pitch and you know, the fighting and everything else. I mean, there just wasn't a whole lot of really good football to talk about. And you can blame the players, but a lot of that has to be put on the referee. And I'm sure you'll talk about it. Some of that has to be put on Tuchel himself. The referee was bad. But just the refereeing in this game was really bad. There was no control. The yellow card, they gave yellow cards. It wasn't like he wasn't giving the yellow cards, but it just didn't seem like. Marseille wanted to engage PSG in an actual match, and they did what we expected them to do, and they've done it before. Like they've played this way against PSG in the past. They played physical. They played rough. They, you know, they've injured PSG players in the past. This isn't news, but I think in this game, it just felt like it got to PSG more. Like, mm-hmm. you know, PSG just didn't feel they didn't handle it well. And they felt like they didn't 
they didn't seem to be a leader on the field. They didn't seem to be somebody to sort of control everything and rein it in and prevent them from going over the edge like they did at the end of the match. I mean, Kurzawa was trying to punch people in the face. <laughs> like, actually like, punch people, not just, like, kind of slapping handbags. I mean, he was throwing real haymakers out there. No, it, and it was just one of those situations where you, you missed Marquinhos and Thiago Silva mm-hmm. and a guy that could just, like, calm the situation down. And it was really unfortunate to, you know to see a PSG team we're just in the Champions League final four weeks ago or three weeks ago, however long it's been, just completely lose control of themselves. Yeah, and we should like, mention, you talked about the referee. Let's just give him a shout-out. That would be uh, 34-year-old Jerome Brassard. I believe it was his first Classico. Leonardo just kind of called it out. Why not have a more experienced official, and especially in a match like this, the biggest one in France, the rivalry? Why are you putting this young kid in here? Uh, to referee this match. I mean, you, you see what happened. So I wanted to make sure we mentioned his name. Yeah, it w- they need to put experienced referees in big French matches because in French football, it does get chippy, and it always has been chippy in French football. It's one of the things that makes French football French football. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the, in the end, you have to keep control of yourself. In the end, you have to, you know, give yourself the ability to you know, come back in a game like that and not allow the outside influences to really get to you. And I felt like PSG failed in that regard. They failed to do the thing that a team that's favored is supposed to do. You are supposed to control your emotions. You're supposed to go out there and focus on the game. And PSG just completely lost that. Um, They completely lost the plot. Mm. And... We'll maybe talk about this when I talk about Tuchel, but there's a disturbing trend with this team. And that is that if they do not have their stars, if they do not have Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria and Icardi, if they take out any of those pieces, this team struggles to score. They don't even just struggle to score. They struggle to get actual genuine scoring chances, not the sort of XG look at the heat map they got the ball into this position scoring chances. Like they did not have a good, real clear cut chance that entire match. They never really made Mondanda made a couple nice kick saves here and there, but they never really made Mondanda work. Well, yeah, he had that one save that was crazy. Like the ball was actually behind him and he somehow got a fingertip on it. So he was incredible. I I hear everything you're saying and echo that. And you kind of use Liverpool as the benchmark just because they've won everything the past couple of seasons. And it's like if they don't have, you know, Salah or any Mane, whoever, you know, you still expect a certain type of performance because Klopp has a system in place there. And it doesn't matter who the players are. He's going to put them in and they all know the system. It feels like at PSG, Tuchel really does rely on Mbappe and Neymar to create and Di Maria to an extent and if those guys aren't clicking or if they're not on the pitch everyone is like a chicken with their head cut off they just don't know what to do there's not a real system and they just struggle to create anything like you were saying yeah and I think what's happened here and I'm I'm saying this I think as a as somebody who's watched every game for the last two and a half years I think Tomas Tuchel has given up the idea that he can tactically influence this team Mm. I think he's just said, let's play good defense and hope that Neymar and Mbappe score goals. Which isn't, I mean, it got him to the Champions League final. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't, that's not a plan. That's not a 
sustainable plan. That's something that you you can't, I think, rely on. You cannot rely on the ability of your scores to just always score. Like there has to be a plan. There has to be offensive movements. There have to be again, I don't want to use the word plays, but you have to have things that you can go to offensively mm-hmm. that work. You have to have options. You have to be able to cross the ball. You have to be able to get guys in for headers. You have to be able to do a lot of patterns of play that this team just doesn't have. It's almost gotten to the point, and I, I can't really believe I'm saying this, but it's gotten to the point where they're too reliant on like Neymar and Mbappe. They're too focused on those guys scoring and it just becomes, you know, when they're not there, when those guys aren't in the lineup, it just doesn't look like they have a plan. It doesn't look like they, you know, at times in that game, it looked like there were just 11 guys that were just taken out of the parking lot and just met for the first time. And now, it didn't look like the unit. The passing was off. The timing was off. And I'll say this again, and I, I, I hear the argument about expected scoring and whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. But when you haven't scored a goal in 300 minutes of play, mm-hmm. when you haven't scored a goal, the last goal they scored was the Juan Bernat header in the Champions League semifinal. That was the last goal Leipzig. they scored. Yep. That encompasses three games. If you're paying that much money and you have Neymar on the field and you can't score a goal in 300 minutes when you have, you know, when you spend the money that you spend, even when you have guys like Pablo Sarabia and Julian Draxler and, you know, you still need to score. Like, you have to have a chance to score. And let's not forget, I mean, you talked about the last time Bernard scored, but against Atalanta, it's not like PSG were lighting it up. They needed two scrappy, last-second stoppage time goals to advance. So it's like, okay, you scored two goals, but they were kind of fluky. It's not like that was anything drawn up from the training ground or anything, or you could put down the tactics or anything like that. So, I mean... Pretty much since they've come back from the stoppage in, in football from the COVID nineteen, they haven't really been clicking, you know, on offense. Even with Mbappe and Neymar in, you you gotta say, I mean, it does come down to the coach and his tactics. I know the players are tired in the layoff and all of that, but like, what is the plan? You're not scoring goals, you know. And and here's the overarching thing here. Here's the the thing that I'm worried about. I think this team is regressing. I think they've reached the level that they can reach with Tomas Tuchel. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can win them the Champions League. I think PSG know that. I think they know that pretty much the rest of Tomas Tuchel's tenure is going to be steady, if not a decline. It's pretty obvious from what you're watching that the team isn't tactically set up right. They don't have offensive plans. Defensively, they've been really good. I can't deny that, and I can't deny that Tomas Tuchel has been a pretty good in his two-year run. I'm not saying he's a scrub. He's a good coach, but sometimes you just sort of you reach the end of it, and the end sometimes comes after one year. Sometimes it comes after five years. Sometimes it comes after three years. It's not something that you can 
you know, put a number on. It's not something that you can look at statistics. It's something that you look at with your eyes and you can tell. This isn't getting better. There's a very good chance they lose against Mess at home if they're missing some of these guys due to the suspensions. There's a chance they lose against Nice. There's a chance they start the league on season 0 and 4. And if PSG start the league on season 0 and 4, there's a very probably even chance that they don't win the league. And if they don't win the league and then they don't win the Champions League, mm. that's a downward spiral that you don't want to allow to, you know, get heated up. That's Unai and Emery it, uh, status. If you don't win the league with the Champions League. Of the reports about Mbappe wanting to leave are true. I don't necessarily know, but the fact of the matter is, if PSG are showing that they're clearly in a decline, that's not exactly going to sway Killian into wanting to stay. It's not going to sway mm-hmm. someone like Neymar into wanting to stay. So if your goal is to keep your better players and build off of your Champions League success, and you have a guy who under their, you know, under his leadership, the team is starting to decline and it's starting to go off the cliff. And if it really starts to go off the cliff, how long do you wait when you already know the answer to the question? And if the question is, can Tomas Tuchel lead this team to a Champions League? And if you know sort of that the answer is probably no and that he's gotten them as far as he can, why wait? Why spend the? Why waste the time? Why waste a year mm-hmm. when you have a guy like, you know, Max Max Allegri, in in waiting? When you have somebody even I don't like Pochettino, but possibly a Pochettino. If you have those guys in waiting, and you can bring them in, like Bayern brought in Hansi Flick, mm-hmm. and you can change things, and you can do the thing you need to do to get this team up and running again as opposed to sort of just allowing it to, to, you know, decline and falter, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes you have to act early as opposed to act late. And if everyone knows where this is going to go anyway, why are we waiting? What's the point? That's how you become Arsenal with <laughs> Arsene Wenger. That's how Inunai Emery at the second runaround. Yeah. That's how you become you know, a team that wait that just holds on too long and doesn't, you know, there's a, there's a balance and I agree. There's a balance here. You don't want to just give up on a guy too early, but you also, again, you don't want the opposite. Mm -hmm. You don't want a guy staying in there too long when you clearly know that the change is necessary. And I'm at the point where I'm like, this could go downhill really fast, and PSG could see themselves in a situation where it's October, November, and it, they're near the bottom of the table. They're in the bottom 10. And it's like, at what is that okay for PSG in a one-and-a-half team league to be in the bottom 10? They're currently in Which the relegation is, zone. It's a possibility. It's, you can't ever say that it's not a possibility. I mean, you can't just say. What is it? A decade ago, no one would have thought Newcastle would go down, and they did in the Premier League. I mean, big clubs can go down. I'm not saying PSG are going to get relegated. That's sure. not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, you cannot allow this to get to a point where you're eighth mm-hmm. and you're, you know, three months into the year. Like, how long do you wait for that to go downhill? 
And I'm just saying that it's really obvious that it is going in that direction, if you want to admit it or not. And PSG need to arrest that slide before it's too late. And hopefully they can do that. Hopefully, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And I, I, I um, will... I will be able to sort of, you know, admit if I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. I might be ahead of the curve on this a little, but I really don't think I'm wrong here. I think there's a problem. I think the way this team, and the, the fact that Tuchel comes out after the game and goes, oh, we did everything right. If we play that way, <laughs> we're going to win every game. It's like, no, that's not what you say. That's not what anybody who's competent says in that situation. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's just not, that's not what you say. Because you got you got three red cards. Your team could barely scrape scoring chances together. And you let Marseille basically do whatever they wanted and play the exact game that they wanted to play. And you're, you know, somehow saying that, you know, hey, that's exactly what we wanted. We just didn't take our chances. It's like, well, you know, what you could do with those chances, you can't buy anything with those chances. Those chances don't mean anything unless you're able to score. And I think we're at a point right now where the discussion absolutely has to be had here that if he can't get it done, don't wait. Don't spend the time to, you know, to reinforce an answer to a question you already know. Yeah, I think it's an astute point that you made with uh, Bayern Munich when they made their change at manager and they win the Champions League. I think in all sports, no matter what team or whatever you, you like to watch, you know, sometimes you can be a good coach, good manager like Tuchel, which I think he is, but you can also run your course at a team. At some point, your message doesn't resonate anymore with the players. You've run your course, and I feel like last season may have been it, and now we're just kind of – Tuchel's on house money. Um, I was just pulling up a tweet. So a journalist asked Leonardo you know, if, if, if Tuchel was in danger of losing his job, and he said, I think this question is asked at the wrong moment after a match like that. And so he didn't really come out and say, no, he's safe or anything like that. And we already know that Leonardo wants his own guy. He hasn't really hired a manager. He was kind of – Tuchel was already in place. And so, you know – PSG have lost their opening two league on matches for the first time since 1984. A lot of us weren't even born yet. And it's like you had the loss against Manchester United. And okay, you made the, the Champions League final, but really that was a lot of luck. We talked about the At- Atalanta result. So it's like has Tuchel's message, has the Thomas Tuchel era run its course at PSG? And is it time to start looking ahead? Allegri is a good option. That's the thing. If you're going to get rid of Tuchel, you need to bring in somebody and for me, I think it all hinges on Mbappe. There was that report that he's told PSG he wants to leave. If you go to Mbappe and you say, we want to do everything to keep you, who do you want as manager? And if he says Zidane, give Zidane a call and say, how much money is it going to take? Do you want a percentage? Do you want some points on PSG the brand? Do you want unlimited Jordan brand? Like, What does it take to get you to come here? Um, if, if that's what Mbappe wants. So I, I think the conversation has to be with Mbappe. Who do you want to be your coach, at least for this year? And maybe that will help keep him, maybe sign a contract extension. Don't forget, Mbappe and Tuchel have had their dust-ups on the sideline. So there's been a lot of evidence that Tuchel's time at PSG may be coming to an end. But like you were saying, when is that going to be? Do you 
wait a couple more months and and maybe you have the results go up and down and you're mid table come November, December, whatever it is. Is that too late? You know, you, maybe the Champions League, you've got a, a couple bad group stage results. Or do you make a change right now? You thank him for everything he's done. I'm sure he'll be able to find a top tier job, you know, and, and bring in someone like Allegri, Pochettino, or whoever Mbappe wants. It's all about timing right now. And I think Leonardo, he's got enough on his hands right now trying to find maybe two to three fresh faces to bring in that can really give this team a boost. I mean, we, that's what they really need. And now he's got to find a coach. I mean, that's a lot for him to yeah. do right now. So he's got his work cut out for him for sure. I, I, I Again, I think you make the change right now. But that's not really the question here. I, I heard you say some of us weren't born before 1984. <laughs> is, that, is that including yourself? I was not born in 1984. I was uh, not on this planet. So I was trying to say you were trying to sneak that in there. Like, you know, <laughs> most of us weren't born before 1984. I'm not naming names or anything. But yeah. No, I... I think sometimes you have to make that move. I think sometimes you just have to make that bold move. And it, it I, I just think it's the right move. I, I genuinely do. I think, I just, I don't see this getting any better. Maybe Tuchel deserves to get to October. Maybe winning the Champions League mm-hmm. or, not, or being close to winning the Champions League gets you another two months. But this is, you know, this is big boy football. This isn't, you know, this isn't Ajax. This isn't top. isn't even, you know, this isn't even like uh, Lyon or this isn't, this is big boy football. And in big boy football, you sometimes have to make difficult decisions, you know, to let good people go to get great people. That's what you have to do sometimes. And I think we're at that point where, yeah, you're going to have to let some good people go to get great people. And sometimes with PSG, they don't do that. They let good people go to get good people or they get, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't look to me like this is going to get better. That's just my opinion. I can be wrong, but I don't see this turning around unless they do something drastic. You can see it starting. If you've watched sports for more than five minutes, especially if you've watched other sports, you, you know, when this is happening. It's really obvious, and it's not something that you just can brush off and say, oh, well, you know, they, they should have won, but they didn't. It does, it's not that simple. Like, you have to be, you have to be clear-eyed here, and that's what I'll, I'll just sort of, if, yeah. you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but you have to be clear-eyed. You can't, you cannot hang on to somebody when you already know that it's going to go a certain way. It's just a relationship. You know it's not going to work out, so why keep dating? You know, sometimes you got to let him or her go. Don't string the person along. You're right about it. Don't yeah. string the person. That's, yeah, Leonardo, don't string Tuchel along. You know the relationship isn't meant to be long-term. Let him go on his way, find a new team, and let's bring in someone. To put a pin in this topic, I mean, it definitely would change the narrative. Suddenly we'd go from talking a lot of negative stuff about PSG to maybe a little bit more optimistic. You, you bring in a, a coach of the status of Allegri. But some of that negative stuff, I wanted to pivot real quick and, and uh, take a, you know dive into this whole you know Alvaro Gonzalez-Neymar um, situation where Neymar has accused him of calling him a monkey son of a bitch on the pitch. 
Um, currently on Twitter, I've been going through and people are looking at footage, almost like the Zapruder film. I mean, they're going frame by frame trying to find where Gonzalez has said this. And in my opinion, I don't know why you need to have this evidence. I mean, Neymar clearly goes to the referee as soon as he hears it. I mean, he's been on social media accusing him of racism. Neymar has responded to Gonzalez when he's tweeted. So... I'm inclined to believe Neymar. He's lost a lot of games. He's not a sore loser. He just lost the Champions League final and took pictures with some of their players afterwards. He's not a sore loser. Um, I don't think he's making this up at all. And um, I think that there's definitely needs to be something done. If there's if you cannot find any angle that shows it, I still think you give Gonzalez some sort of punishment. Um, league on will um, meet on Wednesday to review all of the evidence and come up with their ruling or decision. Um, but th- this is not what you want to see in football. And I thought we were beyond this, and it's really unfortunate. So, do you have any thoughts on on that whole situation? Uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't think you can punish somebody if you can't prove it. I think if you can't if you can't prove it, and then you punish him, you're basically saying that you think he's guilty, and then you're taking someone's side in an issue where you don't have the where you don't have the proof. And I think that's a tough slope to go down. I don't think that's a place you want to start. Uh, I don't think that's a place where you want to start guessing. I think you kind of need to know. And th- there's there's different ways you can kind of talk about this. Do I believe? Who do I believe? Mm-hmm. I, I think there's three possible scenarios here. I put this on Twitter. I think there's three possible scenarios. And pretty much only three. The first scenario is that Neymar is lying and that Neymar is just trying to get this guy thrown out of football for some weird, nefarious reason that would make no sense. That, I think, is probably the least uh, likely of the options. Like, I, I, I don't think Neymar's lying, obviously. The second option here is that Neymar misheard what Alvaro Gonzalez said. And that's more possible, but it's clear by the film that Neymar goes to Alvaro Gonzalez and asks him, what did you say? What did you say? What did you say to me? And then goes to the ref immediately after. Mm -hmm. So unless Alvaro Gonzalez just sort of decided not to, said it once and then was too chicken shit to say it to him again, and maybe Neymar misheard that and maybe... It wasn't what he said. Maybe he's tried to say something else. Maybe. But I think that's a more plausible option. And then the third option, obviously, is that Alvaro Gonzalez said it. And if he said it, I think, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't run anything. I don't have control over, you know, I'm not the racism czar. But if he said it, my thought is that if you really wanted to send a statement, you would suspend him for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And you just say, he can't play again for the rest of the year. I don't think you can legally ban him from the sport, but I think saying that you can't play the rest of the year, if you say that on a, if you're a player and you say that to another player on a football field, I feel like that's worthy of not playing again for the rest of the year. And the fact that he's denied it, and if they prove that he did do it, I'm pretty sure the rest of the year would be, would be appropriate. I don't think you'll get the rest of the year, 
I think what they'll do is they'll say that they couldn't find evidence of it. And I think what they'll do is for the general mis for general misconduct, I think they'll suspend him for a couple of games just to say that they did. I don't see them being able to prove it. I think it's he said, he said. And unfortunately, that, that's sort of the situation we find ourselves in sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, again, I can't, I can't put, you know, brand a guy a racist if there is no evidence for it. There's more or less circumstantial evidence. But I'll say it like this. I don't think Alvaro Gonzalez is a racist. I don't think he's a white supremacist. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think he's a, you know, card-carrying member of the Ku Klux Klan. I think what it is, and I've seen this before in the stands so many times with the fans, it's casual racism. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. racism to get in someone's head. He's a provocateur, it's using, yeah. It's using that word to to throw someone off of their game. It's gamesmanship. Now, let me be clear. That's not right. That's almost worse in the sense that you're using this really, this this thing that's so riddled with past hatred and mm-hmm. violence. And racism is a real thing that people have to deal with. And to sort of use it as a way to get at somebody, like, you know, calling them fat. Like it's in that same vein, or calling them like, or you know, or like call, call if let's say women are playing a game and the women, the other woman calls the other woman a whore. Mm-hmm. Like it's in that same. They're using it in that same vein, but it can't be in that same vein because racism has such a charged history to it that using it as some sort of weapon, like psychological weapon, it's almost cruel. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost so flippant and so arrogant that you think, oh, I can just throw out casual racism to throw my opponent off of, you know, off of their game in a sports contest. Mm -hmm. When words like that were used in the past to literally subjugate people in the, in the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries, like that stuff has real, you know, depth to it. It has real meaning. Neymar did the exact right thing he should do. He went to the ref, and the ref did nothing. Like, let's be clear about that. The refs did nothing about it. The refs didn't stop the game. The refs didn't go to Alvaro Gonzalez and ask him. They did nothing. There is, n- I, I have no doubt that what Neymar said is, is true. I 100% believe it. To your point, though, if they cannot prove it, then it's really difficult. Now that he's said that he didn't, Say it if there is evidence. I think he's got to be gone from the sport entirely. You just can't have it. You got to send the message. You you lied well, about saying it and you got caught. You're out. You're not allowed to play. Lifetime ban. Legally, that that's how you stop this. Well, yeah, but li- that's something that you'd have to. That you'd obviously have to go to court to. You'd have to obviously go to court to defend it. Like you couldn't just. Um, I just think you, any any team that went to went to go sign him, I think there would be such a massive backlash that no team would want to touch him after this. And and okay, if you can't find any evidence, Neymar's facing. I was looking on an article, a seven game ban or something like that. And if Gonzalez, if he's found guilty of this racially abusing Neymar, he could get ten games. So let's say, I mean, Neymar did strike him in the head 
I think it's safe to say he's going to get a few games suspension. But what? Well, it, I, hopefully, league. Uh, hold on. Hopefully, league on is smart enough to say what Neymar saying is probably ninety nine point nine percent true. He he was probably called this. And you know what? Why don't we just not ban him? Let's give him a one game for the red card, and that's it. No extra. And you know, just for fun for Gonzalez, maybe he did something. They'll find a reason retroactively. Let's give him a game, and you give both of them a game. Even though everyone knows it's BS, and you move on, and you keep a real close eye on them, maybe that's the way you give you let Neymar not have because se- they would be really crappy for Neymar to be called this, and give him a seven game ban while Gonzalez walks scot free. That would be justice not served. But he, here's the problem with that though, and I, I hear what you're saying. I understand that, but you can't. Neymar, he didn't really punch him. He kind of smacked him in the back yeah, of the head. Yeah. This is a complicated issue. This is a dark issue. And I feel like it's unfortunate that we have to talk about it. But we're here. Mm-hmm. So well, it's a I, major I it's a major story in the football world. And it's, it's Neymar and PSG related. So I feel like we have to talk about it. It's um, it's a heavy topic. But, you know, hey, we're, we're you know, <laughs> hopefully they don't give him too much of a suspension. Hopefully it's just two games or so. Hopefully. You know, whatever happened, happened. Hopefully they can solve, resolve it. Hopefully if there's proof that he gets a really harsh suspension and if there's not proof, hopefully they don't give name. They don't sort of, hopefully they just, I I don't know. Maybe Alvaro should be the better man. Just say what he said. But Mm -hmm. I I feel like there is sort of a shame. Like the fact that he won't admit it is Mm -hmm. cowardly. It's utterly cowardly. Because you can't take responsibility for your own action. One thing is for sure, on February 2nd, or I'm sorry, February 7th, uh, PSG traveled to Marseille, and that is a game that everyone will be highly anticipating. Could even have some fans in the stadium for that one. Um, and we know yeah, how I, loud it can get I, in the, the velodrome. I actually think they shouldn't have fans. I actually think there's a chance that gets violent. Like I, I, I actually agree. think the fans on the field. I actually really would think strongly about not having fans. Even because home supporters, yeah. Because, I mean, just in a normal – I mean, they're throwing flares, bottles, nickels, whatever. I mean, they're throwing stuff at the PSG players anyway. It, it could get really super ugly, especially if PSG starts dominating and flexing on them a little bit. Like, especially Neymar. He goes to take a corner or something. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone comes out with, like, a machete or something out of the stands. I mean, it could get really violent. And I, I know – I'm not even kidding. Like, I'm not even, like – I'm not – we're like, laughing, but we're serious. This is That could actually happen. Murder something. Like, some of those fans will get some alcohol in them. You know, remember that time against Bastia when they when Lucas mm. Mora got hit by the stick? Yeah, yeah. Like, something, I'm expecting something like that to happen if they don't, if they're not careful about it. And the authorities there have no intention of stopping them. I think you're right. You, I don't think you can have any fans played in a neutral venue, whatever. Um, that could be really ugly. So February 7th, that's going to be, that's going to be something. But... Looking at the schedule, before we get to that match, you got PSG versus Mets on the 16th. Got to get a win there. I don't care how you do it. You got to turn this tide. And then you've got Nice. That's a, that's a solid squad. That's going to be difficult on the road down in the south of France. So, um, you know, Tuchel's got his work cut out for him. But um, we got we got to do something. We got to turn this around. It, it's just after the high of reaching the Champions League final, you had the loss. And you're not really signing any players. Um, and then... What happened against you know Marseille? I mean, I guess we did sign Florenzi, um, 
he's uh he's been a really good player but it's been one game but um we need we need something to turn this around wouldn't you say yeah i would say <laughs> it's been pretty back to being a depressed uh, psg fan well, well i mean positives lorenzi was good i mean he he actually started he actually crossed the ball we haven't had a right back that's crossed the ball in, in two years so that's so that's cool um <laughs> But again, I just I, I hope you know. And I'm sure we have contributors on our um, mm-hmm. on our uh, family, you know, in our family here that could yeah. probably have this conversation about race better than I just did. But I can only, you know, I, I just as I say, we can only go by what we, you know, what we've lived. We can mm-hmm. only talk about this from our perspective. So you know, we we obviously look for you know input and. The way we, you know, we're obviously, again, it's better when it's a conversation and not a lecture. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're if we're all willing to have this conversation, I think that's good. It's when it sort of becomes a lecture that, you know, or when people absolutely definitively know, that's, I think, where we start to run into problems. So, you know, and this went longer than I thought it would. Um, the Giants gonna lose but they <laughs> gave it a good fight here as i'm watching this so i was able to sort of hold it together without being too distracted so i'll i'll chalk that one up to you know that i'll chalk that one up as a win um in a, in a week full of losing for me um <laughs> but you know ed how yes. how can they find you on twitter i mean they already know how they can find i mean it's you that psg talk you know you know how to find me and you mentioned the other podcast psg talking um we're already organizing that we definitely have some people coming on some contributors you know well that are um gonna jump jump on the pod and, and likely have a different opinion than than mark and i which is what we like here at psg talk we like people with different lived experiences and point of views and different takes so we'll, we'll have that on the other podcast so make sure you subscribe and then mark how can people find you they can find me at mark damon nine fantastic all right we'll catch you next time thanks everyone au revoir for now